Hello, faith-filled entrepreneurs. If you are looking to align your life and business biblically, grow your business in wisdom, and walk boldly in faith, you, my friend, have come to the right place because we have the same goal and we can walk this journey together. My name is Jen Kleiber, founder of The Faith-Filled Entrepreneur, The Responsive Classroom, and Kleiber Investments. And my goal is to walk boldly forward in faith towards a Holy Spirit-led vision and biblical wisdom. And I would love for you to come along with me because we need faith leading business more than ever. Hi friends, do you guys have like the thing that the Lord has to keep bringing back to you for you to work on and lay down? Kind of like that thorn in your flesh. Well, mine is my mindset. And the weird thing is that up until a few years ago, I really genuinely felt like my mindset was fine. My husband would touch on things that he noticed about my mindset and specifically my belief system about myself, but I would really just brush it off, right? What does he know? (laughs) Uh, But some major deficits in my thinking have really been brought to light, and it is a place where I have to continually be intentional about renewing my mind. So oddly enough, I created these modules for um, this mini course years ago, and we're going to talk about a few of those on this podcast centered around mindset. Knowing the importance of the mindsets, I created it, but I didn't even recognize my own deficits when I was building it. Typical, right? Well, I'm well aware of them now and have even enlisted a few people, my husband for one, to help keep me accountable when my words start to show that my mindset has shifted. So I wanted to bring this to you today um, because I genuinely do believe, as cliche as it sounds, that where your mind is will dictate whether or not you make it in entrepreneurship. And even bigger than that, it will dictate whether or not you're able to step fully into the purpose that God has for you because he's going to put you in places that you feel uncomfortable or that you feel ill-equipped. Um, and wherever your mindset is will determine if you make it or if you quit, right? So before we go into these actual mindsets, we're going to look at three today. I want to remind you of something that I want you to have at the forefront of your mind as we walk through these. And I'm going to remind you of these at the end too. But here it is. Your mindset is actually not about you. I'm going to say it again. Your mindset is actually not about you. Even if it's all about the thoughts that you have about yourself, it's actually not about you. It's not about your belief in yourself or your abilities. Your mindset is a direct reflection of your belief in who God is. So it's a reflection of your faith and knowledge in your creator. So like me, if you struggle with your self-doubt or your belief in yourself, here's the good news. It's not about you, right? But here's the bad news. You probably need to work out your faith a little more because you're probably making it about you when it's actually not at all. Okay, so let's get started. I'm gonna give you three mindsets to reflect on. Two of them really go hand in hand. I think it's important to dive into them separately, okay? So in order to be a faith-filled entrepreneur, you must first have mindset number one, a learner's mindset. What does this mean? It means that even if the thing you are coaching on or building courses around is something that is sitting squarely in your wheelhouse, 
There are so many different facets to running a business that you will have to move into spaces where you are not comfortable or confident. And this means a couple of things, okay? Number one, you are going to have to learn new things. It just comes with the territory. There will be new things to learn. Technology changes, industry changes, your audience changes, and you're going to have to keep up with that. Number two, you're going to have to give yourself time and grace to learn new things. And what I mean by that is that you are going to need to schedule in time to play with things, to try things, to set up things, right? You're going to have to schedule time to fix things. If you're releasing a new sales funnel and you haven't done it before, there's just assume that not everything is going to work on it. And so after you have given yourself ample time to figure out how to set it up and put it out into the world, assume that when something isn't working the way you want it to, that you're going to need time to go in there and fix it, right? When you can schedule that time in for yourself, it takes away the stress of trying new things, right? And you have to give yourself grace. There's got to be the assumption that this is not going to work perfectly, and that's okay. So if I assume it's not going to work perfectly and then it doesn't, my mindset can be more wrapped around, okay, what tweak do I need to make instead of I failed at this, right? Okay, and then number three, oh, I just said it. You're not going to do those things perfectly the first, the second, or maybe even the 10th time. In fact, some of those things may actually be things that you end up delegating eventually. But I encourage all new entrepreneurs or seasoned entrepreneurs to learn how to do them first before you delegate. And I've made this mistake before. If not, how do you know that they're being done well? Or how do you know that you're paying fairly? Or how do you know, right, if you say, okay, I'll pay you by the hour, I think that this should take about five hours. And they come back and say, well, it took 15 hours. Well, how do you know if you haven't done it first, right? So as we are growing our business, we want to make sure that even if it's not our strength, even if it's not something that we want to spend a lot of time doing, that we have learned how to do it um, and we can implement it. In order to be an entrepreneur, you have to be okay to operate in the space of failures. If not, you will never take risks. Learning new things typically comes from one of two places. You're either being led by the Holy Spirit to go in a new direction, or you have a problem that needs to be solved. And neither of these places are usually comfortable. But we can't let uncomfortable situations stop our forward-moving progress. And we can't let unsuccessful tries at something new discourage us from trying again, right? So, Here's a couple self-reflection questions for you. Number one, how do you feel when you're being pulled into something brand new? Maybe you need to create a digital course. Maybe you need to start a podcast. Maybe you need to write a book. And the overall task feels daunting. How do you respond? Do you dive in? Do you procrastinate? Do you keep putting it off? Do you give a hundred reasons why you can't do it? Do you get a new notebook and start making a plan? How do you respond? Number two, how do you respond when you try something 
and then you don't get the outcome you want. You work hard and no one buys your course. You start a podcast and get very few listeners. You put yourself out there on social media and you don't get responses. How do you handle these situations? And number three, how do you handle unexpected problems? You're doing a webinar and you have technical difficulties. You create a funnel and your links don't work. Uh, you're trying to do a podcast and your audio won't upload. How do you respond to unexpected problems? Friend, how you handle each of the situations will play a huge role in determining if you make it as an entrepreneur. Because all of these things will happen again and again and again. And if we have that learner's mindset, we're going to be able to pivot. We're going to be able to tackle the problem. We're going to be able to take those risks. We're going to be able to give ourselves grace, give ourselves time. And we're going to be able to keep moving forward. Okay, so that was the first mindset, having a learner's mindset. The second mindset as a faithful entrepreneur is to have an abundance mindset. Okay, so this first started um, with Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Is that the book? I don't have it in front of me. He's the one who first coined this, these terms. But they have been used several times, right? And so we want to think about the difference between the scarcity mindset and the abundance mindset. So let me run through the scarcity mindset first. Scarcity thinkers feel entitled and fearful. They believe that there will never be enough. They're stingy with their knowledge or their contacts um, or even their compassion. They assume they just are the way they are. They default to suspicion, right? Somebody's always out to get them. They resent competition, believing that it makes the pie smaller and it makes them weaker. They tend to be pessimistic about the future, but always believing that tough times are ahead. They see challenges as obstacles. They think small and avoid risk, okay? So these are scarcity thinkers, like what I have is what I've got and it's never going to grow type thing. An abundance thinker um, is thankful and confident. They believe there's always more where that came from. They're happy to share their knowledge or their contacts, network with people. Um, they assume that they can learn and grow and develop. They default to trust and openness instead of being skeptical about everything. They welcome competition, believing that it makes the pie bigger and better for them. They become stronger with competition. They're optimistic about the future. They believe the best is yet to come. Here's a big one. They see challenges as opportunities. They think big and they embrace risk. Okay, now I want to give you just a few um, biblical references to back this up, okay? The first one is John 10.10. 10. This is Jesus talking, and he says, Yes, I am at the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So we have to believe that what Jesus is telling us is true, okay? And we got to let go of maybe what the expectation of that abundant life is or what a rich and satisfying life is. We have to believe that Jesus has that for us. Okay, the next one that I want to look at is in Matthew. 
Um, and this is Matthew 14, 13 through 21. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but this is when Jesus feeds the 5,000. And in verse 18, he says, bring them here. We're talking about the five loaves of bread and two fish. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Here's the thing. The principle of this is that we are not the ones who provide abundance. Jesus provides that abundance. So when we give him what we've got, then he's going to take that and multiply it. He's going to multiply our impact. He's going to multiply um, our abundance. He's going to multiply the provision. He will multiply it for his glory in a way that furthers his purpose right? Okay. In first Kings, I want to give you an old Testament example. First Kings 17, seven through 16. Again, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I encourage you to go in. This is when Elijah um, goes and visits the widow at Zarephath. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. That's how I say it in my mind. Um, okay. So he went to Zarephath as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. Now remember, Elijah's a prophet, so he knows who this woman is. He knows that the Lord has sent him to this woman. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. That right there is the abundance mindset that when we do for the Lord for first, when we seek the kingdom of heaven, when we are operating within his will, there will, he will always take care of our needs. He will always equip us with what we have, with what we need. Um, so if you're struggling with this mindset, as I am at times, right, I want you to think about um, Mark in Mark 23. No, sorry, in Mark 9, 23 and 24, um, where a boy, a sick boy's father has come to Jesus. And he says, if you can heal my son. And Jesus responds, I'm sorry, if you can, <laughs> said Jesus, Everything is possible for the one who believes. And I absolutely love and resonate with this response so much. But the, the, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help my unbelief. So if you are struggling to believe in the truth that is in scripture, when it comes to having an abundance mindset, cry out to the Lord, just like this boy's father said, right? I do believe, Lord, I know you can do it. I know you are capable. I know that you will provide everything I need, but help my unbelief because he will. Okay. All right. And 
lastly, the, the third mindset that I want us to look at, um, and this one is a little less introspective, but still really important nonetheless, nonetheless, especially for those of you starting out, it's important to decide if you are a hobbyist or a full-time business owner, okay? Um, and because it's a mindset, each one of those is a different mindset. Both of them make money, both of them work hard, but as you can guess, the hobbyist doesn't tend to rely solely on the income. It's more of a side gig or a seasonal gig, maybe something to do when you get inspired. Maybe it's a direct marketing company and you're doing it because you really like the products and you need to stay at a certain level in order to get them at a discount. All of these reasons are absolutely fine. My mom is a fabulous hobbyist. She is very talented, very creative. She does craft shows. She sells to friends. She sells over social media. But when she doesn't want to, she doesn't, right? Um, and she's made money off of it. And she's used her gifts and talents. Um, but she's a hobbyist, right? I commend those of you who are running a business on the side, out of joy and passion, and just doing it as it feels right. I know you want your business to succeed as well, right? It's just maybe a different level than a full-time business owner. A full-time business owner is just that. It's full-time. It's full-time. I'm not saying that you can't automate and delegate and eventually get your business to where you're not working at full time. You're not working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, right? But it can take a while to get to that. That's why your mindset is so important at this stage. A lot of people get into entrepreneurship for time freedom. And yes, there is flexibility most of the time. And while that's a goal, it doesn't happen right away. In fact, most of us probably have to set really clear boundaries so we stop working, right? So we give time to our family, give time, give downtime, give rest time. When our mindset and our expectations are not matched up, for example, you have a hobbyist mindset, right? Meaning you work when you want and how you want. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you have to really be a mom during the day. Maybe you're homeschooling your kids and you have this business on the side. Um, that's a hobbyist mindset, right? Um, the problem comes if you have a full-time business expectation, right? I want to work two hours a day and make a million dollars in a year. There's a clear disconnect there and burnout is going to come because you're not going to feel that success right away, right? On average, it tends to take about three to five years to make a sustainable Profit. That doesn't mean that you don't start making money right away, but I'm saying to like make a sustainable profit where you can comfortably have a, a full-time business takes a while. There are expenses to start a business. There's an expenses to run a business. If you want to delegate, you have to pay people, right? Um, you're going to have to build clients. You're going to have to build automations. You're going to have to build your credibility, like you're going to have to build products. You're going to have to, to build your business. And a sustainable, long-term, full-time business takes a while to become consistently profitable. And you got to give yourself that time to do it. I have teachers who come up to me often when I do trainings and they tell me, I want to do what you do. And I'm honored. I truly am. Like, I love what I do. But I have trained in schools for 11 years. And for three of those years, I worked for a school district and I trained on the weekends and after school. I worked all the time. 
Um, for three additional years, I worked for another company training teachers. And during this time, I started my own blog. I started doing my own research. I started writing a book. I, I realized what problem I wanted to solve, right? And I got really narrowed in on that. And then for five years, I've had my own business in this area. Um, and for the type of business I am, there's traveling, which meant there are many days of working all day, leaving late, getting to the, my next place, working all day, driving home, getting home at nine or 10 o'clock, getting up, um, trying to get to my kids' games, getting him to school. There's sacrifice, right? Um, and it's hard. It's hard. But when you have a clear vision of where you're going, it kind of keeps you on track there. Owning your own business is rewarding, but it is not easy. And if we walk into it thinking, oh, this is going to be easy, then when those challenges come, and they will come quicker than not, if, if our mind is not ready for it, people bow out. And an astonishing amount of businesses don't make it. And I would say, I'm making up this 90% of that is because of mindset. It's not because of strategy. Everybody can do strategy. Everybody's got strategy, right? It's the mindset to get through using the strategy. So I'm going to circle back to what I said earlier as we start to wrap this up. Your mindset is actually not about you. It's not about your belief in yourself. It's not about your abilities. Your mindset is a direct reflection of your belief in who God is. So it's a reflection of your faith and your knowledge of your creator and the one who called you to be in this entrepreneurial space, right? So if your mind is playing tricks on you and the devil is trying to get his lies into you, I want to give you a few truths out of the Bible to hold on to. Okay, first one, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in heaven. That's James 1.17. What truth does this tell me? It tells me that he is in control and that all of the good things, the divine appointments, the ideas that come to my head, um, the learning mindset that I have, all of that comes from him. The success comes from him. The opportunities come from him. The impact that I hopefully have on other people comes from him. So that takes a huge weight off of my shoulders, right? And it makes my focus obedience. Okay, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Again, that's Ephesians 3.20, and it circles back to James 1.17. He is the one who is accomplishing things. He's the one who's working. All I'm doing is being available and being obedient. Isaiah 58.11, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. What does that tell me? I'm going to get dry. I'm going to get tired, right? But the Lord is walking with me continually and he is restoring me. So when I get tired, when I feel drained, when I feel dry, that's okay. That's still part of this journey, right? That's not the time to quit. It's the time to go to him for restoration because he's still there. Um, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 
So that's why it's so important that our mindset is based on our faith and not based on on our own affirmations or our own thoughts about ourselves because he's so much higher than we are. I don't want to be limited by myself, right? Um, okay, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is a very common one, but man, it's got to be at the forefront of your mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Do not depend on what your mind is telling you. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. 2 Timothy 3.17, God uses it, scripture, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So he's got your path lined out. He has equipped you for the good work. And if you are an entrepreneur, part of that will be through the work that he's given you to do. Your mindset will be a direct reflection of the faith you have in the one who has brought you on this journey. So when the arrows of Satan are flung at you, with the intent of stopping you from making your impact, you have to renew your mind with truth. I hope that this word has blessed you like it continues to bless me. These reminders of the truth in the word um, that it is not about me. It is about the one who called me on this journey. Okay, friend, I just want to remind you of a couple of things. You can find more of this information in the mini course for the new faith-filled entrepreneur, which is found in the equipped digital course library. And you can get access to the entire library for only $47. That is less than the cost of two of these mini courses. You can head to the faithfilledentrepreneur.com or to the link in the show notes and get information there. And if you happen to be listening to this on the day that it comes out, which is Friday, February 23rd, there's a special bonus for you today when you purchase that library. Also, if you want to start your week out with truth in your inbox, you can again head to our website or to the show notes to sign up to receive Monday devotionals every week, every Monday. And that's absolutely free. So friend, I would ask you that if this podcast is blessing you or adding value, um, please share it. Please share this episode, download it, subscribe to it. And if you have found value, I would be so honored. It would be such a huge help if you left a positive review on Apple or Spotify as it gets the podcast in front of more people. And we know that we need faith leading business more than ever right now. Blessings, friends.